Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Jack and T podcast presented by Saskatoon Golf Course. Saskatoon Golf Course, your greater premier golf course located in the southeast corner of Grand Rapids, Michigan, and Caledonia. T and I have played Saskatoon several times throughout our friendship. Uh, it's a phenomenal golf course, one of the only golf courses in Grand Rapids with 45 holes. They have the brand new silver course. It's lovely. Tristan and I had a chance to play it. It's phenomenal. Uh, get on out there before you know the weather gets Gets cold as we approach fall. It's a fantastic course. That's once again, it's Saskatoon Golf Course. Caledonia, Michigan, check it out. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back. Tristan, welcome. Episode four. How are we doing? Doing good. Doing good. Ready for episode four. That's good to hear. Well, we have a lot to talk about. You know, when we started this podcast, it was, you know, kind of the off season, that awkward time of the year when mm-hmm. really the only sport on is baseball, you know, um, but college football, it's back. We had our first games uh, kick off last weekend. Um, some of the, the bigger games that happened were uh, Nebraska at Illinois uh, and Hawaii at UCLA. Uh, those are two games that I definitely took time in my afternoon to watch. Um, Same here. You know, it just felt good. You know, I had a couple of coors cracked open. Uh, the mountains were blue. It was a great – it was a beautiful, sunny afternoon. And, uh, you know, everything, everything in the world felt good seeing fans back in the football stadium. Yeah, for sure. But um, with that being said, you got anything to uh, you got anything to say about uh, last week's college football to get us started here? Um, I'm gonna say Zach Charbonnet, um, ex-Michigan running back, um, who I loved at Michigan. It's sad to see him go, but uh, he lit it up week one or week zero, I say. But their first game, he went kind of nuts. Absolutely. I mean, six carries, 106 yards, three touchdowns. Now that yeah, is. Good- I mean, no, keep going. That is against Hawaii, but I mean, yeah, I'm not gonna knock it against anyone. He, uh, it was funny. I was watching the game, and I, 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 I think it was just, it was this long. I think he had like a 55 yard touchdown run. Mm-hmm. It was probably probably more like 40, but he ran and he got he ran into like a pile of guys. It reminded me a lot of the, um, Davion Smith run against BYU with Michigan yep. a couple years ago, and he just busted out there. And then he got down there, and I heard Charbonnet, and I was like, no crap. I remember, I forgot that he that he transferred out to UCLA, but no, he looked great. Uh, UCLA, hey, they got to win another belt. Um, yep. They hadn't covered the spread in their last five home openers. Uh, they did it. Um, they got a big test now uh, next weekend. They go at LSU, so that'll be very exciting to see how that game goes. But uh, want to get your thoughts on um, Nebraska at Illinois? You know, Scott Frost uh, in his fourth year here at Nebraska, and things haven't really, you know. Get, the train hasn't left the station yet, and um, the clock is ticking. Um, obviously, Nebraska went into Illinois, and um, it was windy day. Rough no, day for the Cornhuskers. Yeah, what did you see from the game? Uh, what, what was your overall thoughts, and, and what did you think about um, Brandon Peters going down early in that game? Yeah, first thing I'm going to say is starting off Big Ten basketball or Big Ten football with a uh, a punt was- safety um, just made sense. Uh, felt good to watch. Yeah, it was um, it was so natural. It was so natural. Yeah, it was perfect. Um, all all was right in the world. Everything was yeah. everything at that moment was back to normal. It felt like. Yeah, and I mean everything that's been going on with um like this past basketball season with Illinois, I'm just not a fighting Illini fan. Um, so I was kind of rooting for Nebraska, and I guess I wanted to see Scott Frost kind of win. Like I'm gonna root for the guy until um, he's gone, but. One thing I will say, um, I've seen a lot of Scott Frost and Jim Harbaugh comparisons lately. Um, I'm just, for the record, I think, was it 
Scott Frost has to win like the like 36 straight games to get where Harbaugh's at now. He's 12, um, 12 and 21 at Nebraska in four years now. Yeah, I mean, his poor performance um, as a head coach, I mean, he went from being a great coach, was at UCF, right? I mean, yeah, this is we can talk I mean, about this a little bit yeah, later. He's, he's played he's played winning football his whole career and at Nebraska. It's just not working out. Um, love to see him turn it around. But the uh, Cornhuskers weren't able to um, help our parlay out and beat Illinois. But, you know, you live and learn and move on to week two. Absolutely. And uh, no, they were not able to help us out. I was very disappointed with that. Um, with yeah, that being said, like, we, oh, nothing like losing that first leg of the parlay. Yeah, well, that's week zero, so it doesn't count. It's in the past, and we forgot about it. But with that being said, I am super surprised that Nebraska hasn't found any success, even, you know, with some of these – not discrediting Illinois. um, They continue to be a better football team. Uh, They're still tremendously, tremendously bad. Um, But he went from UCF to a 13-0 year, where I can't imagine the recruiting talent is – you know, he's he, at that at UCF, you're competing against big schools like Florida, Florida State, at yep. Alabama, you know, those teams that love Florida, like the, down in the south. And in Nebraska, you pretty much get all the players from Nebraska. It's Nebraska so, only. Yeah. You know, it's a big it's a big 10 school. They have great rich history. You know, back in the like right before the 2000s, they were like the most one of the most dominant powerhouses in college. Yeah, football. One of the, they were one of the best football teams in history. Yeah, of absolutely. And Nebraska um, team was. You know, I honestly thought it was him, you know, seeing, seeing him, what he did with that UCF team, yep. um, helping them as their leader. And what yeah, and I, I, thought, I thought Nebraska finally found their quarterback, but he like was his Adrian, and he didn't have a great game. But, I mean, it also sucks seeing you Brandon know, Peters go down. I watched – I turned that game on Saturday. Do you remember – you just said it. You just said it, Adrian. Yeah. There he had that to, long – there used to be – hold on, that. hold on. There used to be – a Taylor Martinez at Nebraska when they had first joined the Big Ten. Yeah. So when I turned the game on on Saturday and I saw Martinez, I was like, I had one of those like Perry Ellis flashbacks account. I was like, wait, mm-hmm. you know, one of those, you know. But yeah, no, uh, they, Nebraska. Uh, uh, excuse me, Leo DiCaprio and. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Looking at looking at the TV, I, I mean, verbal mean there, but. I, I couldn't believe myself, but no, it's a completely different guy. And yeah, uh, he's been there for four years as, you know, he was a freshman when Scott Frost started at Nebraska. Yeah. But. And I mean, he was good at, he was good his freshman year. And I thought they really found his guy. I thought this was going to be his year. Um, but he had that one long throw to, I think the tight end over the middle for like 40 some yards. And Nebraska had only like two 40 yard plays last year. And to have one, I think it was early in the second quarter. They kind of opened it up in the air, and I thought Nebraska was just going to run away with it after they scored on that possession. But it just was not. No, it was a weird. It was a weird game. Um, Yeah, there was a call. It was nine to two. A sloppy first quarter, sloppy first half. But Nebraska had the or Illinois had the ball. It was nine to two. Nebraska had just thrown down the field and scored a touchdown. Right. Mm Kind of had momentum back after you know it seemed like Illinois had something going. And Illinois throws an interception, and Nebraska takes it, and they get it into their own territory, and they call roughing the passer on Nebraska. Um, Illinois eventually, after getting the first down, ends up scoring a touchdown. But the defensive end had already committed to tackle the quarterback within a second of the quarterback releasing the ball. Like, he had already made the effort to tackle him. And the ref threw the flag. Yeah. It wasn't a malicious hit. It wasn't – it was a terrible call. And the next play, you know, 
Illinois busts out a 60-yard run and they get the ball down there. But it was a weird game like that. Uh, I didn't feel like Nebraska really ever got that, you know, offense clicking. They were kind of going one possession. Yeah. They'd have some good drives, and the next, next possession they were kind of, you know, stuttering and a little slow and choppy. But um, – mm-hmm. Man, Scott Frost has got he's got to turn things around. They can't play like that. Yeah, he's got to um, tighten it up. I mean, you what can't a, play like even, that against Illinois. Even with you the can't safety, play like that. Even with the safety, what what in the world was that kick returner doing? He tried to. If, I don't know if you saw it. I'm, I'm assuming everyone saw this, but the kick returner, on, the punt returner for Nebraska in the first quarter when it was zero zero, tried to field a ball running backwards, full speed backwards towards the right corner of the end zone. He caught the ball on the one yard line with his momentum going. Why would you not let that ball hit? It's going into the end zone. Yeah. Like, I, what, what are you doing? Did you think you were going to catch that ball, stop your momentum, and then have a at least 25-yard run to get out to the 25? Because that's that's what you get when you punt it into the end zone. I mean, yeah, and I mean, that was the second – that was that second one-yard punt that that goalie – or that punter had. I mean, he put, I, that, he put both punts on the one-yard line, and he should have just you known cannot to be, just let that go out. You cannot be Scott Frost and have your – I know it's not him, but – he, he almost seemed like his team, his team wasn't prepared. Um, yeah. And especially, like you said, against – when you're in Nebraska and you're trying to find, you know, ways to have positive seasons, such as a guy like Scott Frost, that is that is a must-win game. It's your yes. first game of the year. You're at Illinois. Their, their leader, their six-year senior, Brandon, Brandon Peters, breaks his collarbone on the second drive of the game. And you still find a way and to you, lose. And for the most part of the game – for majority of the third quarter, for all the third quarter, you're getting pummeled around by an Illinois team that is not good. Yeah. They're not. They're inexperienced. I like what Brett Mielin was doing there. Got a lot of respect for him. Um, he has a phenomenal track record, but they they are a talent talent century away from a lot of other schools. Um, yeah. I, I Nebraska think, is in trouble, man. They're in trouble. Yeah, Nebraska, I only see it going downhill from here. Um, it was a good way to open up Big Ten football, though. Um, you want to look over some of the uh, the games for this week? Yeah, I mean, right. we got some huge games. We got some big we're, games. We're big. Weekend. We're big Big Ten guys, so let's run through these real quick. We got we got Temple and Rutgers. Um, honestly, Rutgers is gonna be a good team this year. I think. You think not like not not like they'll, they'll be good for Rutgers, if you know what I'm saying. I think they win that game against Temple. Um, and these are the Thursday night games. We have Ohio State versus Minnesota. Um, I'm excited. I'm, I'm planning on watching that game. Um, yeah, I'm going to watch I'll probably, it. I want to check out State. The, yeah, I'll probably catch the second half of that game just to see Ohio State and how they're kind of playing. And then Friday, big game. I'm actually really excited for this game. Michigan State at Northwestern. This is in uh, me and Jack's parlay for the week. Yep, um, it's in Evanston, uh, 9 yep. p.m. Uh, Michigan, that's a tough game. It's it's tough to win at Northwestern. Northwestern is, has a track record of – they had a really bad year last year. The year before that, they were really good, but they have a track record of going, you know, um, maybe not necessarily being the best team um, one year and then the next year bouncing back really well. I mean, yeah, two, year, two years think, ago, they were in the Big Ten Championship and they had Ohio State right there. Yeah, and that, Northwestern that still year, played. That was two years ago, correct? Or was that this year? That was, just, that was, I don't remember. I just remember Northwestern last year had a lot of grit. They were a fighting team and they were pretty good in the Big Ten. I was I honestly been, impressed I with them. Been, I may have been just misspoke right there. Excuse me. You're good. But, yeah, I think that's going to be a tough game for MSU. I think both these teams skill-wise and probably coaching-wise are very similar. Um, so, I think I'm going to give the edge to Northwestern just because it's at home. Um, and 
I'd love to root against Michigan State. That's just no, excuse me. West Northwestern, yeah. Northwestern had a phenomenal football year last year. They were yeah, phenomenal. No, excuse me. They I, surprised I misspoke. me last year. Two years ago, they were they weren't great. Last year they were yes. phenomenal. Um, they had a great year. Uh, I believe they they, yeah, they finished the country ranked number 14. Um, mm-hmm. they went if I can find the let me check here. I believe they yeah, they went seven and two overall, six and one in conference. With that loss to Northwestern, or excuse me, uh, Wisconsin. Yep. But no, yeah, great year for them. Yeah, no, I, I think Northwestern still, I, th- I think they still have it. I think they, I think they honestly roll MSU this weekend. So, oh, there's Thursday night, Boise State and UCF. That'll be a good game. Um, that you know, that's a, a late game. night Pac 12, excuse me, Mountain West versus uh, UCF. That'll be. You know, that's, that's going to be a fun game. That's always that's always a fun game to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, but, no, there's a lot of exciting games this weekend coming up. Uh, Virginia, Virginia Tech is hosting North Carolina. Um, Sam Howell looking to make a statement. You know, Penn State at Wisconsin to open off the year Saturday on Friday at, at 3. Both, both ranked teams. Excuse me. Be fun. Friday, September 3 at noon. Number 19, Penn State travels to Camp Randall and will take on Wisconsin. That'll be a fun game. Um, yep. That's on Saturday, not Friday, excuse me. Um, Alabama Indiana. and Indiana Miami and Iowa is going to be a good one too. Indiana and Iowa, dude, that's dude. I think Indiana is going to win that game. You think so? I got, I Iowa. do even a hey, Louisiana at Texas. That might be an interesting game. Um, yeah, you, I'm excited we even, to see what Texas gets going without Sam Ellinger this year. Did we even, him. did we even mention Georgia at Clemson? Georgia and Clemson's this weekend. That's number, really number good five, game. Georgia at number three, Clemson. They're playing that up at. The Panther Stadium, Bank of America, Charlotte, seven thirty. Mm. That's that's got to be game day. And then I misspoke again. On Saturday night, LSU travels to Pasadena and takes on UCLA. That'll be a great game to watch. Yeah. That'll be a phenomenal game. That's and then Sunday, be. Sunday night, Notre Dame at Florida State. Yeah. I would love it's, to see. I would Dame. love to see Notre Dame struggle in that game. I would love to see Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Who's our quarterback? Nine. Dude, someone they just put some tall dude to sling it with a shiny helmet. Is it that Djokovic kid? Probably. That sounds familiar. I hate Notre Dame though. I I hope they lose every oh, game this year. Jack Cohn, dude, it's Jack Cohn from Wisconsin. Uh, big tall, the big tall guy. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I like. They that. just they just give a tall dude a shiny helmet every year, and he ends up being decent because they play scrubs. Absolutely, dude. I really hope Michigan can get can put up a good fight in Wisconsin. They always smack them when it's in Ann Arbor, but they can never do the same. It's one of the, it's one of those games that the home team always wins. Yeah. Michigan hasn't won in Wisconsin in years. It's been a while. Um, yeah. Okay. Let's jump on. You want to get the college uh, picks to, in to week one the- real quick. What are you expecting to see from Michigan? Um, I'd love to see our defense play a lot better than we did last year. Um, I think, I think Western honestly scores a decent amount of points on us. I think yeah, Michigan K- ends hey, up. Caleb, Caleb Ellaby the yeah. third, third most efficient passer in the country last year behind Mac Jones and help me out here. Um, Zach Wilson. Pretty impressive uh, stat. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think Michigan's defense isn't where it needs to be. I, I think they'll come out a little flat, um, but I think the offense is going to get, I think the offense is going to be exciting to watch. So you know, I think a lot of points are going to be scored in this game um, from both teams. Michigan probably is going to win by, I'm going to say 21 to 28 points. I think Michigan wins by three, four touchdowns, which is honestly a lot considering we haven't seen this new offense yet, but I'm excited. It's going to be a good game. 
I agree. I think it's um, I think a lot of those, a lot of those things are gonna, um, you know, they're gonna be good tests to see and good indicators for the year. Um, but no, I, I saw this this tweet or this uh, article that came out about Tim Lester maybe not being a hundred percent positive about you know the look of this new Michigan defense because no one's seen it. You know, we don't know what kind yeah. of new schemes informatic you know, adjustments they're going to make. But um, I think that'll play a factor. I think uh, Western won't be able to necessarily, you know, pinpoint going into the game exactly what their, you know, X's and O's advantages are going to be. Um, They're going to have to do a lot of in-game adjustments, and I think that'll be the key. Um, But, yeah, no, excited to see this new look defense under Jim Harbaugh. Um, You got a whole new coaching staff there, everything. Um, Excited to see some football again in the big house, man. I'm going to be there. I can't wait. Uh, it's going to be rocking, man. Hope we get to see a little bit of JJ and all that, but, um, yeah, I hope so too. Yeah. What, if we do see JJ quick question, what, what are your, what are your, uh, like what, if we, if he gets in the game, what are you going to look from him? Uh, what do you want to see? You know, what are some slight tiny moral victories you can take from it? Um, my biggest things with JJ, um, what we saw in high school is he's got that deep threat. So I'd love for coach if we're up a couple touchdowns, just to let JJ just roll with it and, and open up that big arm of his. Um, but the biggest thing I'm probably looking for is his pocket presence with our, our offensive line. I mean, we lost Jalen Mayfield, um, a lot of guys to the draft and it'll be interesting to see what JJ can do. Hope he just feels comfortable out there. Um, yeah, I'm really excited for JJ. Absolutely, man. I'm excited for all these guys, you know. Uh, yeah. A lot of these guys haven't played football in a while, but, um, you know, it's going to be back. Um, it's one of those It's one of those games that we're going to go out there and be able to show our talent. Uh, really excited. I've heard a lot of good things about Cornelius Johnson. Um, I've, heard a lot too, of, I've heard a lot of things that he could have a breakout year. CJ, yeah. which would be – that would be nice, yeah. you know. I'm looking forward to having, you know, football back, hopefully some winning Michigan football. Um, yep. But yeah, uh, you want to you want to dive into this uh, NFL NFL fantasy draft? Yeah, we gotta get our uh, we gotta get the parlay in real quick. I'll go over that. Oh yeah, hit the parlay. My bad. All right, we got that Jack and T uh, parlay on Barstool Sports. We got um, it's plus sixteen fifty four this week. We got the Miami um, Alabama game. We got Alabama covering the spread of eighteen. We got Iowa winning money line versus Indiana, and also Northwestern money line against MSU. We have the over of the Oklahoma game. I think Spencer Rattler just throws for five, six touchdowns and gets his Heisman, um, gets his Heisman season rolling. And we also have the over for the Michigan Western game to wrap it up. I think Michigan scores a lot of points. I think Western also um, scores a decent amount of points. I, I'm fairly confident on the over for that game. But yeah, so those are those are my fantasy or my, my uh, betting picks for this week. Hey, love to see it. Um, ladies and gentlemen, by the way, just to let you know, um, with, and we'll, we'll touch on this later, but Mac Jones, rookie of the year odds <laughs> have just boosted to the third best. Okay. He's now at, I believe, let me double check real quick. I believe he's at plus 600 to win rookie of the year. It's a solid bet. I, th- I think Mac Jones is going to have a hell of a season. Let's see here. I mean, clearly, clearly Belichick. Yeah, Mac Jones is now up to the second most. He's at plus 450 on Barstool. So he skyrocketed up only behind Damn. Trevor Lawrence. But, um, yeah, so we'll definitely we'll definitely touch on that. But with that being said, you want to dive into our fantasy picks from our draft that we had this past week? Yeah, I'm just going to put this out there right now. Um, 
I play Jack week two of fantasy, and this dude's going to get smacked by this squad. We start out with Aaron Rodgers, um, arguably one of the greatest fantasy quarterbacks in the history of fantasy football. Um, he was number two in the league last year. Um, I think he takes a little step back, but Aaron's going to have a hell of a season. Then for running backs, got Christian McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey and Najee Harris, um, two consistent scorers, I think, this year. McCaffrey, he only played in six games last year, but he had two touchdowns in each. I made the mistake of drafting him last year, and he got hurt. Hopefully I get lucky this year. And then for receivers, Jack thinks they're a little questionable picks, but I got Adam Thielen and Tyler Lockett um, with my flex position being Devonta Smith. I think they're all going to be like that's, you, that's you, questionable. That's questionable. You, you give me shit for that Tyler Lockett pick. He's never played in an NFL game yet, Devonta Smith. That's questionable right there. I just have I just have this feeling Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. I get you have Justin Jefferson on your team. I, I think have either. I have your wide receiver one. I have your yeah. guy who's going to get the more more target. I I basically am stealing points from you. See, I we're gonna I'm see excited. how it goes. I'm week excited. Two. I'm excited. I, me too. That's me a too. hell of a matchup for us. Yeah, um, it is. and then Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett, wide receiver number two. Wide receiver number he's, two. Yeah, but he had he had 46 percent of his points last year came in six games. He had three touchdowns twice last year, two touchdowns, and I think three other games. So Lockett is a big hit or miss guy, and I hope he puts up three touchdowns against you week two. Um, and then for the tight end spot, I think I think Darren Waller is going to be the number one tight end this year fantasy-wise. It's hard to beat uh, Travis Kelsey, but I think he has a hell of a season in that new stadium down in Las Vegas. Then we got uh, Ravens defense with um, – Jason Myers of the Seattle Seahawks is my kicker. I think I think the uh, I think the squad's gonna beat you week two. I'm just gonna put that out there. Okay, ladies and gentlemen. With that being said, <laughs> we're gonna hand it over to my football team, Odell's Poop Pound, the future champions of this league. Uh, first off, at quarterback, America's quarterback, the people's quarterback, the Labat Blue quarterback, the man himself, Mister. Money mil- young millionaire is what they call him now. <laughs> Josh Waggy Allen. Yes, sir. Josh Allen is an absolute tank. According to ESPN Fantasy, he's the number one ranked quarterback. I took him. I he's on the team. He's going to torch you, torch you week two when the Bills go to Miami. They're going to toast your fantasy team and your dad. Book it. Hey, you better be careful against week that two. Miami defense. Week two, Dalvin Cook, the number two running back, according to ESPN Fantasy. Absolute coming off an absolute monster year, you know. Yep. Delvin Cook and Christian McCaffrey are two guys that are automatically gonna gonna be there for our teams as long as they stay healthy. You know, there's been yeah. some there's been some injuries, but that injuries are part of those, part of the game. Those are unpredictable. You have to battle through them as a yep. fantasy, you know, as a fantasy as a team. You know, I've never won a fantasy a championship without having you know to make season adjustments. You know, sign guys. You know, make questionable calls. It's all about that, but. With that being said, Delvin Cook and, and my second running back is Josh Jacobs. Um, Christian McCaffrey and Najee Harris is, is a good is a good duo, but I, I think I give myself the edge here. Uh, Josh Jacobs is an absolute animal. Um, he was absolutely crushing teams last year um, in fantasy. He is uh, ESPN's eighth position ranked running back. Um, you know, he's got a lot to prove again this year, but, um, you know, comparing him to Najee Harris, I'd say I have probably have the, uh, the uptick there. Um, I do think Najee Harris will be good, but Josh Jacobs is mean. Um, Look, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I watched what Justin Jefferson did last year. 
And I knew immediately I wanted him on my fantasy team next year. This guy is un- virtually unguardable. He gets the ball. Um, the scariest part about having him, a guy like that on my team, is his quarterback throwing me the ball. You know, Kirk Cousins absolutely stinks. Got to make yep. sure Kirk can get the damn ball to Justin Jefferson and we'll be fine. Good news <laughs> is, if Kirk is having a bad day, Tristan will feel that pain too as he has Adam Thielen. Second, yep. and Tristan made quite a, uh, a remarkably, I think, bold take here. Tyler Lockett has been around for a lot longer. I'll give you that. He's a veteran. He's a great wide receiver for the Seahawks. I'm not knocking him. He's phenomenal. You're not going to tell me that Terry McLaurin is better than Tyler Lockett. You're not doing Terry McLaurin was nuts last year. He's the number one receiver for the, for the football team. And he's fast as he's unbelievably fast. All I'm saying is Tyler Lockett had 10 touchdowns last year and Terry had four. So leaving those out there, I don't think my take was ridiculous. I can see where it's a little outlandish. But I think I have the upper hand of that position. It just depends on my – it just depends on the week for Tyler Lockett, Terry Lockett. He's Terry, either hit or miss. Terry, Terry had less receptions and more yards. That's fair. He's, he's a deep threat. Okay. Anyways, yeah, you know, you can call that a 20 toss if you want. I'll ride with Terry. Scary Terry is what we call him over here. Logan I definitely Thomas. have the I definitely have the tight end upper hand. What are you talking about? Logan, Logan Thomas, Thomas is, is an animal. Yeah, but here's the thing: he's a tight end, and Darren Waller is a big ass wide receiver. Pretty yeah, much. but that Darren Waller gets matched up with a lot tougher, a lot a lot tougher matchups, and gets doubled a lot more. Plus, I mean, I mean, I don't want to say he's on a. Neither Darren Waller is more of a. Um, I'll give you the advantage, and he's more of a, a wide receiver. He's a guy that he's yeah. a red he's a red zone threat. They like they yeah. like giving him the ball, but man, Logan Thomas, seventy-two receptions for a tight end last year. That's a lot. That's pretty good. He's uh the third best ranked tight end in the league. Uh, you know, it was gonna take Waller, but you took him. Finally, yeah, it'll, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what Fitzmagic does um in Washington. See if he likes his we'll tight end. Get ends. to my flex spot. Um, I didn't really like want to take this pick, but I had to go with Juju Smith Schuster. Uh, he's a good wide receiver on the board. Um, I like what he does. You know, nine touchdowns last year. Uh, didn't have his quarterback for most of the year. The Steelers were pretty, you know, inconsistent. But um, Big Ben's back. Um, they'll have a couple big. He'll have a couple big weeks. At least I know he will when we play Detroit. But um, you know, I got to give myself the edge there as well. Devontae Smith is, is young. Uh, we don't know what he's gonna do. He, for all we know, he could be the next Justin Jefferson. Now he, the thing with rookies that's so exciting is, you draft them and you don't know how good they're gonna be. Sometimes you end up with a gold mine. A gold mine, right? You end up with a. For all we know, Devontae Smith might be, might lead, he might be Justin Jefferson 2.0, you know, and, you know, break Justin Jefferson's rookie record. So, um, yeah, I mean, here's, here's my thing with, with that pick. I'm really excited to see what he does fantasy wise this year. He's matched up um, opposite side of Jalen Rager. So, wide receiver one, wide receiver two of the Eagles um, depends where you like him. But playing with his old quarterback, quarterback Jalen Hurts, um, I'm really excited for that pick. I, I think, I think Devonta Smith. I wanted him to the Dolphins, but I like Jalen Waddle there. Um, but Devonta Smith, I think, is going to have a hell of a season. But I'm excited. With that, with that, um, my defense is Pittsburgh. Uh, they're the number two ranked team uh, defense, according to ESPN. And then I also have the number two kicker from Young the Atlanta Ho. Falcons, Young Ho Koo. I wanted to get Justin Tucker from the Ravens. He's usually my key to a championship. I might have to trade for him. But, um, you know, fantasy team is looking good. Um, we got Leonard for that. Cole Beasley and Gronk on the bench. Gronk is a guy who, you know, later on in the year when the Bucks start to heat up, is going to be a guy that's just hauling in touchdowns. 
because yep, him, and Tom, him and Tom Brady do it every single time. Um, but, you know, it's a good team. Tristan definitely has a good team as well. Um, I don't think he's he, – I think he's underestimating my team. I think, um, you know, I think Josh Allen and Dalvin Cook are going to be a problem. But, um, you know, great, great draft. Um, shout out Tristan for putting it together. And um, should we transition on over? You want to talk a little bit about uh, John Calipari's uh, former – they used to call him the Big Blue – I'd, uh, and the Wildcats, more like uh, Sissy Cats, T. Yeah, I, I was going to start out this segment with uh, a little bit of hate towards Kentucky, but when you start to think about it, if everyone in the on Michigan schedule could back out of the game, I don't think they want to play Michigan. I mean, Jawan's building an absolute empire over there, and this team this year is going to be even better than last year. So I was really excited for that Kentucky game. I think we we're going to smack the living piss out of them. Um, they have a very young team. Uh, Calipari is just, I don't want to say scared, but I mean, cowardly move to blame, to blame uh, out of conference games need to be yeah, canceled but on COVID. You're, just you're, kind of you're still playing Ohio state. You're still exactly. playing all these other non, you know, it, it's it kind of, it's one of those moves. It's like when, uh, when coach K and in all, all respect to these guys, you, you T you and I are great. We love college basketball, great respect for the coaches. You know, yep. he's a hall of famer. Um, he's a great coach, but it kind of reminds me of when Coach K came out after, you know, Duke started losing those games and said, oh, we need to cancel the season. No NCAA tournament. Yeah. We need to – it's, it's kind of like, well, you're not going like, to make it. You're not invited. You should cancel it. It, it sounds, like, it sounds like to me – it sounds like to me is that everything you and I have talked about this, like, the past year and a half since Joan's hiring – those teams that have been running college basketball the last couple of years, like the Dukes, the Kansases, the Kentuckys, taking a side seat. I think the new kid in school, Michigan with Jawan Howard, I think they're scared of them. I, I'm, I'm truly going to say that. I think Michigan's coming in that we're going to be the powerhouse of college basketball the next 10 years, however long Jawan stays. So, you know, I was going to try to get us to go to that game. I know um, we talked about it. That would have been absolute, you know, I don't know. I don't know the whole reasoning behind it. If what if what came out in the news is true, then that's fine. I doubt it is because it never is. However, I will say this: if I was a coach, I would be looking. If I was looking at my schedule and I saw a December game in Ann Arbor, fans haven't been there in a long time. Michigan, they haven't seen this team play. That Michigan's basketball program is is an empire. It's continuing continuing to grow. They have very special talent, special thing going in Ann Arbor. I wouldn't that I would circle that game. That's that's a red that's a red game on my on my schedule. So yeah, I'm not going to sit here and, and say that Calipari and the Cats aren't scared because they are. I mean, one, you're going to be going. It's going to be a blizzard in December in Michigan. Yep. Two, Chrysler Center is going to be sold out. Sold out and rocking with students rocking, about to go home for Christmas break. Rocking and and I think that would be an abysmal of a night for for Kentucky I mean I haven't done a lot of looking into Kentucky's basketball program over the last year or so who in the world is going to guard Hunter Dickinson nobody I don't think there's a person in this country that is going to be able to handle Hunter like I mean we've we can talk about him everyone knows he's good I think every every other team um and fan in the Big Ten is scared of him I want to comment um, on that real quick, though. You know, I've been seeing a lot of, you know, this stuff coming out about 
college basketball, the best, like last week, the guy came out and tweeted the, you know, the five best bigs returning college basketball. I about spit my water out as I was walking. I mean, there's no maze on that list, which was you a know, mistake. If people want to just ignore the fact that Hunter Dickinson won big 10 freshman of the year for like eight weeks in a row and won the award. Yeah. It wasn't even close. Second team, all American. And let's forget one. Let's not forget one thing. Okay. And as Michigan fans, the kid going throughout the entire freshman year, they hit Hunter Dickinson does not have a right hand. He does not have an off. If I mean, I don't know what, fans or what people don't look at that guy and, and think that he's a problem. Um, I guess really the only people that can say that is Illinois fans because the only center that gave Hunter issues was Kofi, but Illinois basketball program is irrelevant. So um, in my eyes, the way I look at it is it, it's a, he's a problem for anyone. Um, yeah. I, I can't believe he's not on that list. He definitely is a top five center returning in college basketball. I think my, Hunter's a top eyes, five player in the country this year. In my eyes, he is the best player in the Big Ten. I think he has the most impact on Michigan season. Um, and yeah. I think him incorporating th- that right hand, it, if he gets the opposite hand going, he's not only going to cause way more mismatch, way more matchup problems with guys down low in terms of being able to use that right hand when they think all he's going to be able to do is use the left, but they're going to have to double him and double him from both sides, which is going to allow him to spread the floor, you know, get the guys the ball. He's such a good passer. People, that's the one thing. just think he's a big, tall rebounder that can dunk. He's such a good passer. His IQ for the game is unreal. Um, and he loves basketball. So I, I'm so excited that he decided to come back. Um, and I think, um, yeah, I, think thing, I think he has like a Trey, think, a Trey Burke type of, you know, you know, the last time we had a guy who was really the one who won Big Ten freshman of the year yep. and actually thought about leaving was Trey Burke, and he came back. Well, we know what happened. Uh, yep. He won National Player of the Year and, and led us in a dramatic and honestly memorable. Like I'll never forget that run. I will never forget you know, that spring break. That, where that I watched isn't all those games. isn't a national championship team, but it's uh, got to the national championship team Final Four banner, and they were you know four minutes and a couple bad calls away from a national championship. So that was the best team we've seen in a long time. And you know, just to have another guy saying, "I'm coming back for one more ride," you know. Following in a similar, very similar path, Trey Burke is, um, you know, it'll be exciting to see if he performs. So imagine, imagine if Hunter comes back and performs like Trey did his sophomore year. That would mean Hunter would double his points. He pro- Hunter would probably be having around 20 and 15. I think he can do that. Honestly, if Hunter, if I see him starting off the season by stepping out 12, 15 feet, shooting jump shots, I mean, he, he was – Jawan gave him the green light to shoot those last year towards the end of the season. Um, and I Dude, know do you remember when Mitch, when Mitch McGarry started hitting those mid-range mm-hmm. – No, and I'm, I know you've seen the the Instagram videos that, that Hunter's been posting and all the TikToks of the Michigan basketball team. I mean, Hunter's been shooting threes in practice. So, oh, yeah. if I see Hunter stepping out to 12, make, 15 feet – make it, making threes. Yeah, if I see Hunter step out to 12, 15 feet and start making jump shots, I think he's absolutely, no doubt in my mind, the best center, best player in the Big Ten, and potentially player of the year. So I'm just going to throw that out there. I love it. You know, I 
I am so, so excited. That's the one thing about Michigan football. You know, I'm, we're kind of in that, in that season where we've said this many times, but no, I, it, I'm, it's going to take some time. It's like a bad breakup. You know, it's going to take some time for me to just completely get back into that full, you know, hype about Michigan football after that ag we laid last year. But, you know, when JJ McCarthy yeah, finally year. steps in and gets going, um, you know, I'll be fully invested. But for right now, Michigan basketball is my security blanket. I mean, yeah. Michigan, Michigan could, I mean, lose, could lose every game in football season, and I would not care. I would not care. Because Jim Harbaugh yeah, would probably is, get fired is, if that happens. Yeah, this is my outlook. I mean, Michigan basketball is really what I'm most excited for right now. Um, but the way I look at this Michigan football season, last year was like a bad breakup, like you said. Heartbreaking. Um, don't know where your life's going after that one. And uh, this season, everything it's shaping up to me. It's like uh, uh, Michigan football is getting back on Tinder, looking for some, uh, looking for some dubs. Haven't caught one yet, but yeah. I think uh, this weekend we catch the first one. So Michigan's on the way up, looking good. I think, right. I think we gotta add us. I think we gotta add a segment for next podcast. Top five, top five, heart heartbreaking Michigan games that we've experienced as. I mean, I can do I can do a couple off the top of my head. Right I could now. name ten right now, but we'll get to that next week. Next, though, what is Dan Campbell doing? I think I got it. I think I got it. I think I figured this out. So, I woke up, saw the Lions got got down to the fifty three man roster. We have Dan Campbell is pulling the strategy, and I can't remember the high school coach, but I love this. I've always thought that going for two was always the move, especially now that they moved the NFL back. To to a 20 yard, 10, 20 or 10 yard? Uh, it's 20. It's 20 like yard. a, it's like yeah. A, yeah. yeah. Yep. So Dan Campbell, you know, he's looking at his kickers. He said, wow, neither of these fools are worth millions of dollars. Let's cut them both. And, and basically yeah. what he's saying, he's putting all his, all his eggs in one basket. He's saying, fuck, fuck the extra point. We're going for two every time. And we're going to play the odds. We're going to play our odds out. All right. He's, he's riding the wave. And saving money, I love this. You know, he's either he's either doing that, oh. he's doing that, or he's doing the more logical thing, and he will uh, wait for a week to go by, and he will sign a kicker um, to a practice squad um, contract mm-hmm. or something of that. You know, sign a, sign a veteran kicker to a minimum um, contract. But I mean, yeah, they, they need I, a kicker. Yeah, I mean, Randy Bullock and Zane Gonzalez, they're good kickers. They've had great careers in the NFL. How did we get rid not, of Prater? Not good. Matt Prater was – Matt Prater, I'm going to tell you right now, I kicked for uh, our high school football team, and Matt Prater was the reason I did. Watching him kick that 65-yarder in Denver, I remember I remember that night like it was yesterday. I was so excited just to see that go through the uprights. And as a pass kicker, I think there's no way the Lions go through um, – I think by week one, we'll have a kicker on the roster, but honestly, it's Dan Campbell. I wouldn't be surprised if anything in within 45 yards, if we're over half field, Dan Campbell's fucking it. We're going for four. We're going for fourth down every single time and going for two every single time. And he's just going to play in the trenches. I'm excited to see it. I, I honestly, the, the other, the other thought that came to my mind, I wonder if they're going to have Jack Fox kick as well. What if they use their punter as their kicker? He's a hell of a punter. I don't see why not. And kick the hell out of a ball. Give him a try. Yeah, I mean. I mean, we are the Lions, gonna, and we're, we know we're not making we know the playoffs they'll have a kicker. They'll have a kicker. They'll, did you see what Jared Goff came out and said? 
he thinks that we're going to be a playoff team. He said, why not us? I love it. Why but, not us? Uh, I can tell you, I, I've been, I've been a Detroit fan for quite some time, Jared. And I can tell you a bunch of reasons why it will not be us. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can tell you uh, one is because we're cursed by Bobby Lane, but that is a subject for another time. All right. We're going to end our show here in a little bit, but before we do the fan favorite segment, another week, Tripper drown T lead us off. All right. I'm going to throw it back to, uh, to Dan Campbell. I, I saw him rocking the um, Detroit versus everybody shirt, the all black walking into the facility. He looked icy. I loved it. Dan Campbell is an absolute unit of a man. I'll say it again. I'm I'm he's got me thoroughly hyped up for this Lions season. We're going to play exciting losing football, I think, um, and just watch the Lions grow this year. Dan Campbell is dripping. All right. My first pick for Dripper Drama this week, Mac Jones, Mac Jones, the picture of Mac Jones smoking the cigar. Again, mm-hmm. uh, tub, like a tubby monkey. You know, Mac Jones woke up this morning. Cam Newton's released. Uh, Mac Jones. Announced as a starting quarterback for the New England Patriots. And, uh, you know, that, there's, there's, not, there's not a lot better feelings than that. I'm imagine, I'm imagine that Mac Jones is, you know, is getting a little something extra. Um, you know, having a little celebration tonight. Um, he's got a lot of work in front of him, but, you know, just probably a little relieved. You know, this is a guy that a lot of people didn't think was athletic enough to make him the NFL and, and he is going to start week one over the veteran Cam Newton. He basically beat him out for the spot for, um, you know, getting that, getting that type of treatment from Bill Belichick, who is, you know, if you have any sort of football IQ, he's the greatest NFL coach of all time. Yep. Uh, Mac Jones is dripping, folks. Mac Jones is, is off to a great start right now. So, Mac Jones, definitely, definitely dripping right now, big time. All right, for my second pick, I'm going to have to go with uh... – CR7, Mr. Cristiano Ronaldo, signing back with his original squad, uh, Manchester United. But this is a drown pick, ladies and gentlemen. Ronaldo in that ugly Manchester United red is not going to look good. And I would have loved to see him kind of stay at that team that he was at because I don't want Cristiano Ronaldo in the Premier League. I'm just going to put it out there right now. My Leicester boys aren't going to have any issue with it. I think uh, Jamie Vardy, this is a shout out to all of my soccer boys back home. Uh, Jamie Vardy will score more goals than Ronaldo in this first season. So that being said, I'm going to throw it back to you for your first dripper down pick. My second dripper down pick. Your second pick. But Cristiano Ronaldo will be drowning in those red jerseys, and I think he doesn't have a great season this upcoming season. You know, I'm still getting into Premier League. Um, I do love soccer. Who's your team? Um, I don't have a team yet. I'm still getting into it. I don't even know. You can you, you can hop on the uh, the good old Leicester City train with me. The Leicester boys making all the noise everywhere we go. You know, that's gonna have to be a hard maybe for me right now. But with that being said, my second mm-hmm. drip or drown pick of the week. We're going double drip. AJ Hinch. You know, Ooh. not only has AJ Hinch, if you don't know. He's the managed, former manager of the Astros. Uh, he won a World Series there. Uh, he was the head coach while they were under the cheating scandal, and he was released from it. Came to Detroit. He has done a phenomenal job with this young core. Um, he has not, you know, the expression, don't play with your food. You know, he's been attacking, you know, every day with this roster that he has. He hasn't been complaining. He's been looking for, you know, 
new ways to incorporate winning back into this organization. He's been getting people out to ballparks. And uh, he came out with a quote uh, three days ago. It said, we're going to establish ourselves as a winning franchise and develop a winning culture. If you want to be a part of it, then you'll come. If you don't, then we'll beat you. I fucking love that. I think it's me hyped up. Love I, that. You. I mean, I was drinking my coffee on Sunday and I saw, I've loved that. That's a coach that wants to win and wants to reestablish Detroit as what it used to be. And he knows, you know, I want a guy that, you know, this isn't what we saw from, you know, a, uh, Ron Garden hire, you know, and Brad Ausmus. AJ Hinch has got something going here and, you know, just, his, his overall mindset about the future and how bringing this organization and franchise back to greatness. I'm, I'm all aboard the AJ Hinch train and he's got, I'm he's got you, the bro. city of Detroit Tigers fans on his, on his back, ready to go, man. Bring us yep, to the, the promised land, AJ. You're, you are a big, big stepper right now, baby. Let's yep, go. The, ti- the Tigers are absolutely electric right now. I love it. All right. With my last pick, I don't know if you, you definitely saw this year on Twitter more than I am. Bishop Sycamore, absolutely drowning. They got caught as a fake team full of 35-year-old men playing football um, on ESPN against IMG Academy. Absolutely drowning. They will never play another football game again. Um, Love the tenacity of those guys to kind of throw the pads on, get out there and run a little bit. But the whole situation is just hilarious to me. I agree. Absolutely ridiculous. But – I mean, I, I was speechless. I'm, I'm imagine. I, I can't imagine that these guys are getting. They're, they're that much older, and they're getting destroyed. They got absolutely wallows by IMG. IMG. I mean, JJ McCarthy probably threw for 500 yards against them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I got on Twitter and I started seeing all the memes about like just a bunch of shit. And I was like, "What is going on?" I mean, the Dude, head coach. The head coach is a, a warrant for his arrest. It, dude, it's it's like it's like getting the boys together and signing up for an IMG or not an IMG like a fucking IM, basketball tournament. An IM sports yeah. team, and then you're yeah. playing against IMG all of a sudden. Yeah, and just to get full, just ESPN publicity, I love it. It's it's hilarious. Two, two games in three days. I mean, it's <laughs> so dumb. That's hilarious. Coach has right, a, throw- a warrant for his arrest, and he thought he was sneaky getting away with it. Yeah, they had Uncle Rico at quarterback. They could probably sign Cam Newton now. Hey, they'll have Cam Newton. Yeah, that's been, out there. that's been all over the uh, the media today. Cam Newton in the Sycamore Bishop Sycamore jerseys. But uh, all right, before we end the show here, my final dr- right, round pick. Wrap this up with your last. It's three. a it's a it's a split. For the first time ever, we have a double entry in for the uh, for Dribble Drown. They're both drowning. The first one, two K twenty two came out with his first gameplay look of Cade Cunningham, and it looks absolutely nothing like Cade Cunningham. It's not. It's um, not even close to two K. I, I'm not surprised your games get worse each year. Um, I There's nothing else to say. Fix it. Fix the damn game, please. Fix it. Um, and then the second part of this, Jake Paul versus Tyrone Woodley. Um, you know, Jake Paul um, got the victory against Tyrone Woodley. Uh, if you look at it on statue, he did. Uh, if you watch the fight, I mean, I don't, I, I wasn't impressed by Jake. Um, Jake, not only did he not stun Tyrone Woodley, he landed good shots. He had good combos. There are a lot of things that look good from him, but he didn't stun Tyrone Woodley. He didn't. There's not one time no. that Tyrone mm. Tyrone Woodley sent Jake Paul into another universe. And if that boxing ring 
wasn't a customized, you know, there's all these little, this is the, it's always little nip knickknacks and little things that are tampered with to make this event perfect. You know, it's a smaller size, it's a custom size ring, boxing ring, you know, um, the rules are, are different, differently, you know, they're officiated different, but if Jake Paul is in a normal size boxing right there, his entire body is falling to the ground there and his head's bouncing off the canvas. I don't know if he would have gotten up or not, but if you, you can look at the picture, there's visually a picture of him against the ropes and his eyes are sideways and his arms are his, the, the ropes kept him up. The definition of a knockdown in boxing is any part of the body falls out of the ground or is held up by the ropes. Now, that should have been marked as a knockdown. That would have given the round 10 to 8 Tyrone. That was the only round in the entire fight that was a 10-8, meaning that was the only round – that was the most dominant round of the fight on either side, right? It was yeah. Tyrone Woodley. Um, Jake did a good job of running from Woodley. But, I mean, Woodley was eating those punches and getting right back in his face. I think if this was a oh, 11, 11 or 12-round boxing match, I think Jake would have been done. Um, I'm not impressed with Jake. Um, he fought against a guy that has been able – and, and has used his strength and his power in completely different assets for aspects his whole life. Now, Tyron Woodley has power. We saw that. We knew that, you know, he's a hood. He's a gang. He's a, he's a bad, he's a badass dude. Right. But he hasn't just been boxing. He's been, you know, striking is only one part of, of MMA, right? You have boxing, you have kickboxing, right? You got jujitsu, you got wrestling. Okay. You have all these different, Taekwondo, all these different aspects. He gets in a UFC octagon and is able to grab people, tackle them, body slam them. He got in there with Jake Paul, who, by the way, in case you haven't noticed, is an is a genetic freak. I mean, he's 6'3", 215, 200, like what? 15 pounds, at least. Yeah. At least of pure muscle. He may be roided for all we know. He may be. But he, he showed some... Um, some things, some holes in his game. Obviously, I think it's freaking hilarious him going on the internet and uh, you know all this stuff. But he won the fight. He did. Um, if you look at it by numbers, he did. He did. He was more. He was busier than Woodley. Woodley was waiting too long. But I really think it was interesting that there was no you know discussion or anything about him getting knocked down there because he really did. He got. I mean, he got hurt. And the other thing I just want to say about this to end out the the, the biggest drown part about this is. After the fight happened, when they were still on in the ring and Tyron Woodley challenged him to a rematch, both Jake and Logan had just been interviewed in the ring right before that. And they said, hey, man, Tyron Woodley is this. Tyron Woodley's that. You know, he's a Hall of Fame badass dude, such a good fighter. You know, Logan's like, Jake had his first bit of, you know, adversity. You got to give credit to Tyron. He's like one of the toughest fighters ever. As soon as Tyron challenges for a rematch, Logan steals the mic from Jake and says, dude, you're old news, bro. And Jake's like, I, you just had your chance. Like, it's just, they're so two-faced and, you know, it was great. It was great seeing Tyron Woodley punch him and hit him hard because he needed that. But I would have loved to see him not have those ropes there because he would have went down and that would have changed the whole course of the fight. You got any comments on that or no? I thought for a second there that, that Jake was done. I thought he was out. I thought he was done yeah. for Thought- Absolutely. Yeah. No. And by numbers, I think you're right. Um, he did win. Um, but, but Woodley, it, Woodley, and- I, 
Woodley, Woodley, Woodley could have done so many bad. things to turn that around. Woodley could yeah. have done so many things to turn that around. I thought I agree with you. He did wait too long um, to kind of make his moves. Um, <coughs> but it was a good fight. What did uh, what did Leo predict last week for this fight? Uh, Leo said that he thought Tyrone would come out and uh, get a, the fourth round finish against him. Uh, okay. Which is funny that it actually that punch came in the fourth round. But yeah, he said if Tyrone doesn't finish him early, um, he'll think Jake will. Uh, probably win a fight that went later on. Although he talked to me about it and he said um, he actually did enjoy this. This is like the first time we saw Jake Paul have to, you know, actually earn a victory. Mm-hmm. Um, while I wasn't impressed by his performance, I will give him credit. He got in there against um, a UFC Hall of Famer and Tyrone Woodley. Tyrone looked like he was in great shape. Uh, he did great training. Tyrone did not take this lightly at all. Uh, he came in there to fight and, you know, Jake did what he had to do to win. Um, I'm still not sold on the fact that he's, ready for you know someone big i i really would like to see him fight a professional boxer who's had you know yeah i mean even tommy fury tommy fury didn't look good he looked boring but put him in there neither of these two dudes have lost why not put one of them in there and you know one of them will have the big win the other one will you know take a step down and have to build that Mm -hmm. up but you know he's his size this is where i'm at with jake fight someone your own size yep I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. And finally, I want to get your last. What are your thoughts on a rematch between them? Would you like to see that? Or do you want to see Jake fight someone else? Because I will um, admit this. I will admit this. I did enjoy the fight. And it may have yeah, been the fact, I'm there it with been you. The fact I think it's a I good wanted fight. To, I wanted to watch Woodley knock him out. And I knew that Woodley could. And you know, everything got really interesting when that when that fourth round came around and Jake got hit. But man, Jake looked gassed at for moments of that fight, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were moments in that late in those late rounds when he could take a punch and then he would just wrap up, which is smart. Yeah. But I hate that. Yeah, part of here's boxing. here's my thing. I I don't know how I feel about a rematch. I think it'd be it's it's great TV, great publicity. Um, it'd be a good it'd be a second great fight. Um, I would love to see Jake fight someone who is truly better than him to really show us what he is as a fighter. Yeah. Like to actually get his ass beat and have to battle through that adversity and stay on his feet, not go on the ropes, and not have one of these fights that's just absolutely blown out Dude, by what he, what the media and everything. Jorge Masvidal. I would be more interested in that fight than than any fight. I mean, he could have this rematch. He, I don't know. I, I truly think he needs to fight someone that is actually better than him. I need to. He thinks. I need. I think he needs to be a heavy underdog for his next fight if he wants to take that step up. Cause right now the way I see him is he's just, he's just a YouTuber who wants to get in the ring and fight. Absolutely. So, All right. Ladies and gentlemen, shout out, shout out Leo though, for, for getting his prediction. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely right. Leo is a, uh, he's it's uh, meat and potatoes right there for him. He's, he's a yep, boxing yep. expert and uh, you know, he loves his combat sports. So uh, that's going to wrap up this episode T before we go, any college football teams that are on upset alert this weekend, you got any? Upset alert? Off the top of your uh, head. Do you think Ohio State may have some trouble in Minnesota or no? I think UCLA could win this weekend. I think it is they're, playing, they're playing LSU, right? At home in the Rose yeah. Bowl. LSU might, LSU might be on upset. Watch. And the other team, I'm just going to throw this out there right now. Oklahoma has a very, very strange track record. With Tulane? Of having very close opening games against Tulane. Yeah. They always win. And that's why we're hitting the over on that because it's going to be a high-scoring game. There's never defense. But 
Oklahoma may have a little bit more trouble than people think, you know. I'm not, like I'm not, I'm not completely well. sold on Spencer Rather yet, but all right, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to wrap up episode four of the Jack and T podcast. T, any closing comments before we end this week's episode? Oh, Jack's got his first day of school. Um, so first wish last you the best luck. Of, first last day of school tomorrow, baby. Woo woo. La- last first day. Last that's, first that's day what of I school. What I say? Oh. You said first last day. <laughs> uh, other way around. Last <laughs> no, first I day think of I'm, I, I wish you. I wish you the most luck for your senior year, bro. And uh, it was a good episode four. So it was a great episode me, four. There's gonna be a lot, a lot to talk about. Uh, episode five next week, Tuesday. Um, you know, exciting stuff. This podcast just hitting the ground now that college football is officially back. But uh, that's all I got from here. Thanks, you listeners out there for listening. Hope you guys have a great rest of your week. And we will see you next week on Tuesday. I'm Jack here with Tristan. Thanks for getting on. Have a good rest of the night, guys. Peace.